The Chris Hahn Show. The Chris Hahn Show. I'm your host, Chris Hahn. The truth is on the air and truthfully tonight, America. I have a lot of things I could start with, right? I could talk about the president hiring his uh, his personal physician to be the new secretary of the Veterans Administration. That's fun. Uh, I could talk about, oh, John Bolton and some of the crazy things he said. I could talk about Alex Jones again and Joe Opio. But I got to start with the march. I can talk about Stormy Daniels. I mean, I didn't even get to that, right? Uh, I, uh, but I want to start with the march for our lives. And by the way, I am live tonight. Uh, if you want to get in on the national conversation, 631-451-1039 is my number. Again, that's 631-451-1039 uh, if you want to pick up the phone and call. Look, uh, I, I thought it was an inspiring, inspiring thing to see those young people really speaking from the heart. And, you know, I don't think what they were calling for was all that radical. They were not saying take away people's guns. I know, you know, uh, uh, John Paul Stevens, the former U.S. Supreme Court justice, uh, authored an op-ed yesterday that got the right wing in a tizzy uh, about uh, maybe repealing the Second Amendment. Remember, uh, you know, I, I was on a radio show on another network uh, earlier in the week where they called uh, John Paul Stevens uh, the left. Uh, John Paul Stevens was appointed by Richard Nixon. So let's be clear. He's not the left. He's a Republican. But, you know, I digress. I watched these rallies this weekend. I particularly watched uh, Emma Rodriguez. I think that's her last name. Emma Rodriguez. Uh, Emma for change on Twitter. That speech to me, Mike, I don't know if you saw it. That speech to me, Mike, was one of the best, most effective political speeches I have ever seen in my life. Did you see it? I did not, actually. Well, you missed it. Okay. It was, so this woman comes out, young woman, she's 17 years old. Yes. She comes out and she gives this speech and the speech is about, it was six minutes and 20 seconds that changed my life. In six minutes, that's how long the, the, really? the shooter was in the thing. And at about two and a half minutes into the speech, she just stops talking. And she stops talking and you're waiting. And, and the crowd is cheering and you can see the tears rolling down her face. Somebody walked up to her and, um, you know, I, I don't know what, then she kind of waved them off. And, and then an alarm went off. Beep, 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 beep. Six minutes and 20 seconds into the speech. And she said, that was six minutes and 20 seconds since I came out here. That's how long it took for the guy to shoot down, to kill 17 people and injure 18 more, and to ruin the lives of many of my classmates who will live in fear forever. I, 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 I was blown away by it. And you know me, I am a, a stickler for speeches. I am one of those guys who will criticize even my friends when they give political speeches. People who I write the speech for, I will criticize their delivery. I, I got to tell you, it was inspiring. It was impactful. I, I, I don't know what else to say about it. That woman is destined for greatness. She is destined. For, I don't know if she's going to pursue a career in politics. I don't know. But she should. 
She absolutely should, uh, whether it's now or, you know, after she uh, completes college or what. But I was blown away, and I am not a guy who is easily blown away. Now, say what you want about the movement, about guns, about whatever. There were a million people in Washington, D.C. It was the largest youth protest since the Vietnam War. That is something to say, America. A million people. All of the speakers, for the most part, were young people who were victims of gun violence. And I loved watching these chicken hawks on the right bash those kids afterwards. These people are such hypocrites, man. Such hypocrites. Such cowards. These right-wing media nuts, some of them on this very station, Mike, who spent the last couple of days, last week or so, last couple of days, really, this was Saturday. I mean, this, so much has gone on, gone on since, you know, this was a couple of days ago. They have spent the last couple of days calling these kids crisis actors, uh, saying that their speeches were written for them by somebody. Oh, like, like Donald Trump's speeches aren't written by Stephen Miller. Like, like every, polit- every political speech you've ever read is not written by somebody. And by the way, we don't know that their speeches were written by somebody else. You still got to deliver the speech. And Emma's speech was delivered well. And let me tell you something. It is very consistent with speeches she made right at the beginning of this movement. I doubt anybody was writing her speeches then. So for all you idiots on the right who think that Emma Rodriguez was getting her speeches handwritten for her, you're out of your mind. Do I think somebody might have helped her with the speech? Maybe. I don't know. I help people. I help. You know, there are a lot of people, Republicans and Democrats, that call me up and say, hey, Chris, I got to give this big speech. Can you take a look at it for me? And I will rewrite the speech. I will edit the speech. I will change the speech. I will tell them where to pause. Something I've done in my career. I still do it for free for people. They call me up. Hey, what do you think of this? It's not always political either. So, you know, for those idiots on the, on the right-wing media who are acting like nobody ever has anybody else write their speeches for them. Come on. This, this is the thing, Mike. I hate, I despise willful ignorance. I know that the people writing, uh, you know, especially for bigger media companies, they know how it works. They know, Mike, that people write speeches for other people. Obviously. So why would they even make that an issue? It's like, they're, it, it's just, oh, oh, they didn't write the, first of all, you don't know who wrote their speech. You have absolutely no idea. Why? Because it was a good speech? Are you acknowledging by saying that, that it was a good speech, that all those speeches were good? David Hogue? I mean, did you see that kid? 100%. That's exactly what they're doing. But they're also, they're fighting, they're arguing just for the sake of arguing. Right. Find something to yeah, pick they, on. Yeah, they, they, they can't on, pick know? on them for their, you know, for, you know, for really acting in a, a you know, acting to change things that have impacted them. Literally, exactly. They were shot at. 100%. You know, I mean, uh, you know, I saw a post about what schools David Hogue didn't get into. Are you kidding me? David Hogue, if I was Harvard right now, I would call David Hogue up and say, hey, come on, man, you're our kind of guy. Get in here. We'll figure it out later. Idiots. I mean, it is, it, you know... I mean, I don't want to say anything bad about Laura Ingram. I do her show, right? She did bump me last night, but what she said about these kids is kind of ridiculous. She should apologize. <laughs> like I said, you know, it's, it's, it's their entertainers, you know what I'm saying? So. Right, right, right. Infotainment. Yeah, and the thing is, is that these kids are not infotainers. These kids 
lived it. It's real issues, exactly. They, you know, they named it the fight for their lives because they literally almost lost their lives. So what are they calling for? Universal background checks, assault weapons bans like we had in the 90s that worked, raising the age to buy weapons to 21. I don't know. doesn't seem too radical to me. In fact, most of America agrees with all of those things. Only the NRA and that whiny little cur, Wayne LaPierre, and his new attack dog. What's her name? Uh, the, the brunette. Dana Loesch. Only, I, I, can I call her a whiny little? No, I don't want to do that, right? Yeah, that's, that's not to the line like that. You think, you think that's going right over the line? A little bit. Yeah. Well, Still early. I can't call her a cur. Yeah. <laughs> She's not a man. A, no. Nobody's going to accuse her of being a man. <laughs> There's a lot of things you're going to accuse her of. Yeah, right. But she's a whitey little whatever. I'm not going to say it. But, you know, they're the only ones sticking, you know, standing up and saying, you know, these kids are radical. That these are radical ideas. They're not radical ideas at all. You have people marching in the streets. All over this country, there were 800 sister rallies. There were 2,000 people marching in Port Jefferson, New York. All over the two, 400,000 people marching in New York City. I, uh, Paul McCartney. I just happened to catch Paul McCartney on CNN. Did you see it? Yeah, I saw it with his shirt. Well, did you hear what he said? No. One of my best friends was lost oh, to gun violence. There you go. And you know who he was talking about? Big old John. John Lennon. Like, think about this. You know, uh, John Lennon's killer is still in jail. Mark David Chapman. He has denied us 40 years of John Lennon. Almost 30, 30, almost 40 years of John Lennon. John Lennon died in 1980. He was shot, not died. He was murdered in 1980. One jerk off with a gun that he was able to get. One jerk off with a gun has denied the world of the genius of John Lennon for 40 years. Who knows what John Lennon would have become? Who knows how he would have opined on current events? What entertainment value he would have given us? What joys, what gifts he would have given to this world? But one idiot with a gun gunned him down. One idiot with mental health problems for sure, America. Real mental health, health problems that we need to make sure people like that don't get guns. And Paul McCartney's out there marching in the street because he, he knew, he knows gun violence. That's why he's there in New York City, America. 631-451-1039 is the number if you want to get in on the national conversation. 631-451-1039. Uh, pick up the phone if you want to get on board. A little later on tonight, I got Ellis Hennigan join me. We're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about Stormy. We're going to talk about the president's cabinet. We're going to talk about John Bolton, who we both know, we've both worked with. We've got a lot to talk about, Ellis and I. I haven't talked to Ellis in about a month and a half, uh, so I'm looking forward to it. 631-451-1039 if you want to get in on the national conversation. 631-451-1039. But this is the thing. I mean, look, look I mean, guns, uh, we're still talking about it. We are still talking about it. Parkland was six weeks ago. Usually by now, it's kind of died down. But it was six weeks ago, and we're still talking guns. That means this protest has been very effective. People are still interested in having the conversation. 
I want to know what you think. Pick up the phones. Call me, 631-451-1039. I'm going to go to Darren and Patchogue first. Darren, how you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing great, man. What's on your mind? Good. Uh, My thought is, now, I understand these kids went through a tragedy. What makes them an expert on gun control and making laws for the rest of America? I don't think they're saying they're experts. They're, They're basically quoting what most Americans want. I mean, look, if you look at the polls, Darren... 90% of Americans, I bet you you support this, 90% of Americans want all background check loopholes closed. Do you support that? Yes, I do support. Of course. Of course you do. Now, now, Darren, Darren, let me ask you another. Why why are we putting these kids on on a stage here? Darren, Darren, these kids put put themselves on the stage. Let me ask you another question. Are you a gun owner, by the way? Now, you, you really... You really think that these kids organized and came up with this money all by themselves? Oh, I think they had some help, but they definitely did a lot of the organization. Oh, yeah. Without and a doubt. You really think there's somebody not behind them pushing Do them you really think that say? any major protest movement happens organically? You think any movement where, you know, a million people show up in one place and then there are 800 sister rallies, you think any of those things happen organically? Because if you uh, do, I, I, I got some... I, look, yeah. I, I got... I got a bridge in Brooklyn I could give you for a good price, Darren. You like bridges? You like bridges made out of stone? I got one. Oh, yeah. What are you going to do? Sell it to me for a dollar? I'm no, not a dollar. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not giving it away. I'm going to sell it to you for like 15 grand. You got 15 grand on you? 15 anyway, grand. Darren. I just, I, Darren, hold, hold on. I want to go through the list with you, but I want to go through the list with you. Okay? He has some of the worst mass shooting going. But now it, this, this just comes down to an anti-Trump rally. No, that's, that's not that's not down. true. I, and by the way, it that's wasn't even it wasn't down. even an anti-Trump rally. And, but and you're ninety percent want you know you ninety percent. It comes down to t- trying to take our guns away. All n- nobody's trying to take your gun away. If you are a uh, you know if you are a law-abiding citizen, nobody's trying to take your gun gun away. That's just not the case. So now now you're talking about banning an AR-15. The Mini 14 they sell is the same exact gun. Good. Let's ban that, that too. Control. Now, how are you banning an AR-15, but you're not banning the exact same gun? I think you should ban. Look, Darren, here's the thing. Here's what I say to everybody. I'll say this to you. People who want to carry an assault weapon, there's a place they could go to do that. It's called the United States Army. It's called the United States Army. I'm going to let him go on. It's called the United States Army. All these macho men who feel they need to buy. And by the way, it's almost all men. Okay. If you're a woman who wants to have an assault weapon, please call me because I don't believe you exist. But all of these macho men that want to pick up an assault weapon, there's a place they can go and they can have all the assault weapons they want. It's called the United States Army or the United States Marine Corps. And even in the Navy, you can become a SEAL. You don't need to go, you know, like go to the shop and buy one so you can play dress up. Okay, let's be clear. There are two types of people who pick up AR-15s. People who are overcompensating and were not man enough to join the freaking army. And by the way, I didn't join the army, but I don't have an AR-15 either. But people who are overcompensating... And people who got real mental problems and are probably going to use it to kill. And neither one of those people should have AR-15s. So if you want an assault weapon, go down to the recruiting station and join the army. They will give you one at boot camp. And you you could be all you could be, my friends. 
Walk around with your with your AR-15 and you'll be doing some good for America instead of just making everybody scared that you have an AR-15 in your house. 631-451-1039 is my number if you want to get in on the conversation. Really, I do. If like you're a woman out there that has an assault weapon, please call me. I really want to hear from you. 631-451-1039 is my number. 631-451-1039. A little later on, I got Ellis Hennigan joining me. Uh, and he will, uh, him and I will talk about this too. And you can always tweet me at Christopher Hahn on Twitter, at Christopher Hahn on Twitter, ChristopherHahn.com for all of my appearances. I'm not doing any appearances next week. I'm going on vacation. But this is, this is the thing. These guys want to fight you. They want to take away my guns. I don't, I don't take away your guns. I want to give you guns. Join the army. I will give you guns. I mean, and if you're not sane enough or fit enough to be in the army, then maybe an AR-15 is not for you either, right? Like if you don't pass the sanity test to be in the army, yet you pass somehow you've survived in this world, I, I don't want you having an AR-15. I don't think anybody does. Oh, they want to take away our guns. They want to take away. Nobody said these kids that were rallying. They weren't saying they want to take away your guns. They were saying they want background checks. Okay, what's wrong with that? They were saying that they want to ban assault weapons. I just told you, there's a place you could go and play with guns and play military dress up all you want. It's called the army. I don't care about these stupid survivalist cults living in the woods thinking the government's coming to get you and they're stockpiling AR-15s. Those are the kind of groups that are trying to overthrow the government. I think of them as terrorist organizations. They shouldn't have guns at all. I mean, if they were in the woods worshiping Allah and collecting guns, what would you say then? No, I don't think we all have to be afraid even a little bit because a couple of guys are overcompensating for whatever reason and they need to play soldier on the weekends and they go buy their AR-15 and go shoot a deer. Give me a break. That's really all it is. A bunch of Dopey guys overcompensating for, I don't know, maybe their wives make more money than them. Maybe they don't like their job. Maybe they got a small penis. I don't know. But they're overcompensating for a lot of things. And they're buying guns and they're playing dress up. And I'm not talking about the guy who hunts and then eats the deer and does all that. I'm not, I think that's great. If that's what you want to do. I'm not a vegetarian. I'm not that. You want to go hunt deer? With a rifle, go ahead. No true hunter needs an AR-15. In fact, the real good hunters I know, the guys who have really been hunting a long time, they use a bow. Because that's a sport. Going out there with an AR-15 and just spraying rounds at a deer that's standing still. Oh, you're a real man. You're a real sportsman. Give me a break. Most sportsmen think you're an idiot. They won't say it out loud. They don't want to join my party on it. But they think you're an idiot if you're going out there with a semi-automatic rifle to shoot deer. They're like thinking, what is that guy overcompensated for? Nothing wrong with hunting, America. Nothing wrong at all with hunting. Nobody's taking away that Nothing wrong with having a gun in your house if you live in the middle of nowhere and you need protection, whatever. Nothing wrong with it. 
universal background checks, 21 and over, and a lot of other things. I got some calls here, though. I think I'm going to have to wait till the other end of the break. We're coming, up to, we're coming up to a hard break here. But I will get to your calls on the other side of the break at 631-451-1039. If you want to get in on the national conversation, 631-451-1039 is my number here. And I am gonna keep, I, I'm probably going to keep on talking guns. I got to talk Stormy, too. I got to talk about Stormy. I got to talk Stormy tonight, right, Mike? Did you watch it? I don't know. All right, no, you listen to the Chris Hodge Show. Keep it where it's at. I'll be right back. America's favorite progressive, The Chris Hahn Show. All right, I'm back. And I am live, and I am taking your calls at 631-451-1039. That is my number, 631-451-1039. I am Chris Hahn, at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. Ellis Hennigan joins me at the top of the hour. You know Ellis, he's been on the show a lot. You see him on CNN, you see him on Fox, you read him in AM New York or New or Metro New York, I always forget. He used to be a columnist for Newsdays, written tons of books. He's a great guy and a great guest, really understands politics. So let me go back to the topic of guns, and I will get to your calls in one second. Um, let me just revisit. There's a place you could go and have all the assault weapons you want. It's called the Army. Join it. There's nothing wrong with that. 631-451-1039 is the number. I'm going to go to Chris in Long Island. Chris, you're on the air. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing fine. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for calling. Um, let me make one statement first. And then jump all over me. Okay. Um, the, t- the tone and the assertiveness that is coming across the radio right now yeah. is, the, is the reason why the NRA has had the most new members <laughs> and highest donation in the last month in the history. Yeah, of they're the doing NRA. good. Look, the NRA, it's look, three, the NRA. Threefold. Chris, the NRA always does well. In the wake of a mass shooting, they always do well. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's the tone of the discussion the, that drives. It's, can I tell you, Chris? That don't, yeah. Chris? They have been leading the discussion for the last thirty years in America. It's time for somebody else to, don't you think? Uh, actually, I very rarely hear the NRA talk at all. Uh, I only hear they, them. I only they, hear them respond. Chris, they talk. I don't with, see they, advertisements they, on TV. They, the NRA. they I don't talk see anything. They talk with their wallet. Right. That's the problem. Chris, I, thanks. I, I got I got a lot of calls. I got to get to. But thank you, you, you. You're jumping off of me without even discussing the guns. We just. I said we just mentioned the NRA. Well, look. As I, far as I, as far as the as far as the AR platform, right? That you're talking about banning. Yep. The AR platform is a semi-automatic rifle. It is not an assault rifle. It it, it is never been. You know what? It's designed. The, the, it's designed for people who want to play. It's designed for people who want to play the, army. I can't. I can't. 
Uh, you know, they want to play dress up, then let them dress up. Go join the army. I'm going to go to Christine in Calverton. Christine, how you doing? You're on the air. Hi, how are you? Good. Lower your radio. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm going inside. No problem. How you doing? How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for calling. Thank you. So what's on your mind? And who is this? Is this, this is great. You're on? on. You're on the air. This is my radio show. Oh my gosh! I'm so excited to be on your radio. Show. I'm excited to have you here. What's on your mind? I am so excited. <laughs> what is on my mind, is, of course, is what is on everyone's mind. And I'm thinking, I'm like, you know, we do have to do something. And I think we have to, instead of going all the way to the top, I think we should, you know, start off at the bottom and ease on into it. Okay. What? And as far as banning, as far as banning weapons, I think it's a great idea. Good. You know why? I think, wait, wait, I think it's a great idea. We start with video games. Well, let's ban them all there, cut them off when they're young to stop these fantasies of going and killing people. I think that's a great idea. I'm not for banning. I'm not for banning video games. Well, I, oh, but wait, wait, wait. But but the next, then we could hit Hollywood, right? They make all the millions of millions. Come on. Christine doesn't really want to ban guns. She's just making the other argument. No, 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 no. But I was listening to the whole, uh, you know, male fantasy thing, having the AR-15. Yep. Me and my husband talk about getting one. And believe me, it's not because he's, you know, lacking in places or anything like that. (laughs) Well, you would know. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I would. And when you make a general... Well, you live out in Calverton. You're in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) Come on now. I'm a hot pot girl. All right. And I wanted to move out to Calverton. And, you know, it's great out here. Well, Christine, I appreciate you calling. I really do. And, and look, but doesn't that make sense? I, look, I think that parents should control what their kids watch, not the government. I'm not for censorship. And I think that AR-15s and things like that are dangerous weapons and they're designed to kill people. You know, you don't use them for hunting. You, you don't use them for hunting. Join the military. I, they I don't sh- know. People, I mean, look, we need to have more people join the military. It seems like there's a lot of Americans buying these AR-15s because they want to play play Army. I'm not saying that's not, why you want to do it, but... Maybe they're scared of what's to come. What's you know, to come? Ah, what's to come? People have been afraid for 200 years. Christine, thank you for calling. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, Chris Hahn, thank you for letting me be on your show. Anytime. Call again. I Thanks. I really do appreciate it. Thanks, Christine. Have a great night. You too. That's Christine. 631-451-1039 is my number if you want to get on a national conversation. 631-451-1039. I don't know what side of the issue she was on, Mike. That was, that was, that was great. It was a very colorful call. I liked it. Very colorful. 631-451-1039. Let me go to Dan in Mattituck. Dan, how you doing? Hey, pretty good. How's it going? Thanks for calling in. Hey, uh, your small penis gun-toting listeners, they don't have to join the military to shoot uh, machine guns. They could go to Vegas. There's places in Vegas where you could go to shoot machine guns. Well, yeah, but then they got to, you know, they, they can't own it then. <laughs> and I'm like, look, and Dan, yeah. I'm not saying they all have small penises. I'm getting lots of tweets, angry <laughs> tweets from people saying, I got a big penis. I, look, I don't want to see pictures of anybody's penises. I don't, I really don't care. I know that the guy that's the new head of the VA got the job because he's keeping quiet on Donald Trump's penis. <laughs> but, send all your pictures too. The, at, yeah, <laughs> send them all to Mike Middleman, <laughs> care of JVC Media. <laughs> Hot Park, New York. Maybe we go to Vegas. We go to Vegas. Get it out of their systems, and maybe get a penis implant. There you there. go. I agree. Go to Vegas. Two for Look, one trip, right? Go to oh, Vegas. Wow. Get it out of your system. Get an implant. Whatever it is you're talking about, you don't. You don't need that big gun. 
And, and really, if you really feel you need to own one, if you really feel you need, need to own one, then join the army. Like, what's wrong with that? You know, I mean, all these guys, look, I know it's not every gun out there is an AR-15. I know that that's not every, I know a lot of people are buying, you know, rifles. And I guess if you're going hunting and you go to the gun store and you see the AR-15 and it looks like a military weapon, it's kind of hot. I get it. I get it. But come on. You know that they're getting in the hands. It's the weapon of choice for mass shootings. It is the weapon of choice. There was an AR-15 used in Newtown. There was an AR-15 used in the Pulse nightclub shooting. There was an AR-15 used in Parkland. There was an AR-15 used in Vegas. So the AR-15 is used time and time and time again by mass shooters in America. So maybe it's time we take that gun and guns like it off the market because these guys feel invincible when they hold those guns and they take them and they, and they go a little crazy and they act out and people die. And if we could save lives, we should save lives. You know, the Boston Globe just did a study last week uh, about their gun laws. And Massachusetts has some of the strictest gun laws in America. And they extrapolated that if you extended their gun laws to the rest of the country, we would save 27,000 lives a year. Lives lost every year to gun violence. We have almost 100,000 gun deaths in America each year. And the Boston Globe suggests that if you extend Massachusetts gun laws to every state in the union, we would save 27,000 lives. Now, why wouldn't we try that? It makes sense to me. 631-451-1039 is the number. If you want to get in on the national conversation, just pick up the phone. Give us a call. You don't have to agree with me. Most look, most of the people calling and I don't agree with me, right, Mike? They're like all over the place. No. I had that one woman who was very nice. I think she kind of agreed with me. She kind of disagreed with me too, but I don't know. I think she just kind of got home. She wanted to tell me that her hour. husband has an AR-15 and he's, and he's, he's, well he's also down. packing well other down. things, well I guess. Down. So, yeah. All right. 631-451-1039. Let me go to Mike in Rocky Point. Michael, how you doing? Not my, too bad. My, you want to have a real? I, I want to give you an opportunity to have a real conversation about this stuff. You want to have one? Have at it. You, you can ask me any question you want because you're you're off the track. I'm off the track. Number one, there are there is no such thing as universal background checks. Well, there we should be. Out, no, it's national background checks. <clears throat> my question to you is. Tell me one law, if you can make up any law you want, what law would stop me from doing what these mass shooters have done? Well, I will tell you this. Nothing's going to stop a crazy person from going and shooting his gun off. But I will tell you, it will make it harder right. to do it. What makes it harder is limiting magazine capacity so you can't kill as many people, limiting the rate okay. of exchange from the gun. Also, hold on, right. hold on a minute, Mike. You asked me a question, I'm going to answer it. Uh, and, and I also think if you registered each gun and insured them. I think that the private insurance companies that were issuing insurance would do really good background checks because they don't want their money going, throwing out the window. Why do, and why do you want to insure my gun? Because I like things that get, that kill people to be insured like cars. 
right? Did, now, if did, you're a law-abiding, look, Mike, if you're a law-abiding citizen and you got no record and you're not crazy, your insurance will probably be a dollar a year. But if you are okay, a young please. guy buying a buying an AR-15, you know, just like if you buy a young guy buying a sports car, his car insurance is going to be more money because he's a bigger risk. So, and it's not the government that assesses that risk. It's a private insurance company. I even say this before, Mike. Let the NRA put their money where their mouth is and let them sell the insurance. Okay, let's say we did that. Tomorrow, everybody has insurance, and magazines are down to, well, now in New York, anyway, you can only carry seven rounds. Do you think that a crazy or a radical or a criminal gives a damn? Why make it easy for them, Mike? And let me tell you something. Thanks for your call. 631-451-1039. Why make it easy? I mean, I get it. There are crazy people who will get guns, just like there are crazy people who get cars and run them into things. But why do we make it easy? It's hard. Hard to do that with a car now. We always know who owns the car. We know where the cars are most of the time. Those cars have insurance on them. Even if somebody steals the car, it's insured. So there's liability issues here. Why do we got to make it easy on people? Oh, criminals will still get guns. I know. Read the Boston Globe article from last week. 27,000 lives a year if the entire country had the same gun laws as Massachusetts. 27,000 lives a year. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. We could save people's lives. It is a, it is a, it is something we should be working at. 631-451-1039. Darren again, huh? He's on there. I can't remember if we liked his call or didn't like his call. We didn't like his call. What does he want to talk about now? Same thing, probably. Oh, yeah, yeah. I want to talk about Stormy Daniels. I want to move okay, off. Well, it's a, it's a three and four. I, I want to, yeah, yeah. Well, segment four, really. I mean, yeah. I, I, got, I got other clips. I got crazy Alex Jones. I mean, I've been using Alex Jones every week. We've been harping on him a lot. I'm Alex Jones. He's coming, he's yeah, come for you. Yeah. One of these one day. He, that thing was like basically exactly. putting a hit out on me. Exactly. I'm like, I wonder 100%. if that was in response to something we did here. That would be great if he actually did. I wish he would this. mention me by name so I could go sue him. Because <laughs> you know the guy's wealthy, yeah, right? Can he, can he sue you for the same thing? No. No? No. I, if he said, like, what he just said, like, the clip I pulled today where he's, like, telling everybody that they're out to get me and you should take action against them. Oh. That's that's nonsense. He, look, right. he knows better. That's why he doesn't mention people by name. You know the law, so there you go. <laughs> he knows people by name. 631-451-1039 is the number. 631-451 if you want to get in on the national conversation. I'll take him again. Why not? Darren, how you doing? Good. How are you? What's the matter? Yo, I, got a, I, got a, I got a little question for you. You say you're not against censorship, but yet you want to censor my right to get a gun. I'm not so trying to, first, first of all, first of all, nobody's trying to, game, Darren, nobody's trying to, to censor right to your, your right to get a gun if you're not, an, if, you, if you pass background checks and are, are, are sane and not a criminal. I just want to make now, sure that, uh, you, I want to censor you, you criminals and terrorists from getting guns. How do you do that? They don't apply to by the law. How are you oh, give me a break. God, I'm tired of this nonsense. Idiots out there. 
If you are a law-abiding, mentally sound America American, I am not against you getting a gun. And quite frankly, if you ever institute my plan where we register and insure guns, I don't care what gun you buy. I want the market to determine what your insurance liability should be. Get whatever the hell you want. Can we start an insurance company that strictly does guns? Well, we need the government to say you have to have insurance, otherwise you're not going to get any money. Uh, Darren's going to say, yeah, you know what? I'd like some insurance on my gun. Just in case, you know? Just in case things. I mean, yeah. I'm sure there are. After that happens, let's uh, talk something. I'm sure there's gun insurance companies out there, right? But they're probably like insured against the death of the gun. Yeah, exactly. It's a... I mean, I am not censoring anybody's... I'm not censoring your right, Darren, unless you are... Unless you are crazy. Unless you are a criminal. I mean, if you have a felon, if you're a felon, I don't want you to have a gun. I know that the NRA wants people on the no-fly list to be able to buy guns just in case they were put there erroneously. Just in case. You can't fly on an airplane, but let's let them have a gun. That's what the NRA wants. One in like 500 people that are on the no-fly list are accidentally. Right. One in like 500. They got the same name. Oh, no, you're on the no-fly list. We got to let them buy a gun. How can we take their rights away? It's just nonsense. It's nonsense. You don't need an AR-15, Darren from Patchogue. You don't need it. What are you going to do? You can't, you're not hunting with it. You can't even really hunt with it. It'll destroy the innards of the deer. Like, what are you going to shoot the deer 25 times? Like, what's the point? It's coming boom, right boom, boom. Die, deer! Boom, 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 it's boom, coming like right Rambo. for us. Yeah, it's coming right for us. That's good old South Park. It's always there. I mean, what's the point? What is the point, America? I don't see the point. Get a bow and arrow if you want to go hunting. Make it a sport. At least then it's hard. I'll tell you what, you could have a crossbow like Daryl on Walking Dead. 631-451-1039 is the number. 631-451-1039. If you want to be part of the national conversation, I get a lot of calls. I think there are a lot of Baba Booey's calling me right now. I don't know. Uh, 631-451-1039 is my number. I got Ellis Hennigan coming up in about eight minutes. Uh, He'll be in here. We'll be talking a little politics. Ellis is the man, absolutely the man. Uh, and again, I'll take your calls at the bottom of the 9 o'clock hour. Uh, I am live tonight, and I am talking guns. Uh, I want to talk other things, but you all want to talk guns, and you're calling and calling and calling. because It is great. I'll take it. I will absolutely take it. And uh, I'm going to go to Claudia in Kutchog. We've got a bunch of lines up here. Claudia, how you doing? Hi, I'm good. Thanks for taking my call. Now, you're not a woman uh, who has an AR-15, are you? <laughs> I'm not. Okay. I know you wanted one of them to call, but I'm not. I don't have any guns. There are no guns in my house. Okay. Um, uh, I, I don't really have a, a, a stand on it either way. I mean, you know, I have three kids. I, I get how awful this uh, situation is in the schools. Um, but, you know, one of the things that you said recently was that you don't need an ar 15, I think that's what you said. Right. And I thought, well, true. But I also think that people don't need a lot of what they have. 
You know, well, people don't need 15 bathrooms in their house. That's true. People don't need a yacht. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of hard to yeah, use but, that as but you an know what? argument. Having a yacht doesn't really, you, you know, you're never going to take your yacht and go kill somebody with it. Your 15, but not everybody that has an AR-15 is going to go Not everybody, somebody. but it seems to me, Claudia, that whenever there is a mass shooting, the AR-15 is there. And that's, that's sad to me. Claudia, thanks for your call. 631-451-1039. Let me go to Janet. Janet, how you doing? Janet. Hi. How are you? Good. What's on your mind? Um, so I protested on last Saturday with a lot of people in Fort Jefferson. Excellent. I just, <laughs> and I just wanted to say that, um, and then I went home and I turned on, on C-SPAN, the protest in Washington, and I caught uh, a young girl from California. She was maybe 11 years old. Yeah. Saying the same thing that's been on my mind. And that is zero tolerance in the schools. Think about it. Since that started, the, the, um, the shootings have gotten way worse. And yep. I think what happens is a kid is, does some, they're basically criminalizing adolescents. The kid does something slightly bad, like my son went through this. And they're suspending the kids forever. They pay a fortune to these lawyers to, to suspend kids at the, at, uh, like a hearing that right. they have. It's like the kangaroo court. So they're using your own tax dollars to suspend your child. And instead of giving the kids, like we took our kids counseling, he, you know, I mean, it was, I hear you. was right there. It was ridiculous. But this is what's happening. And there's a new movie, Jeffrey. My friend Jeffrey Dahmer, or something like that, and it sort of shows what happens to Jeffrey Dahmer. You can kind of see how that socialized yeah. socialization. Well, that's a hey, Janet. That's a, I gotta go because I got a lot of I got a lot of calls here. I got a little little, little time left here before I go to to a break. But Thanks Janet, for taking no mine. problem. I appreciate it. You know, look, I, I get it. There is a socialization problem where we're throwing kids out to the curb here, and it's uh, it's driving it drives a lot of them crazy. Let me go to Danny in Manorville. Danny, oh, I, Danny in Manorville, how you doing? You're on the air. How's it going? Uh, I'll do it quick because I know you said you don't have a lot of time. Uh, all right. 100-question test, psycho-evaluation. Uh, the cops come to my home to see where I'm going to store my weapon. If my weapon is used in any crime, I'm liable. Can I now have an automatic weapon? Yes. I think that if you, you like if, I think if we register, look, Dan, Danny, Danny, I think that if we register guns, and insure guns, what my, I call it the Han plan, but any politician who wants it could have it, okay? If we register and insure guns, I don't care what gun you have. You can have an M60 for all I care. If we register and insure it, because the private sector will set a price for that insurance, and they will do a thorough background check on you. Trust me. Danny, thanks for your call. I listen to you a lot. I'm a diehard Trump fan. It's the first time I agree with you. All right, Danny, thanks for calling. 631-451-1039. Let me go to James and Carrollton. James, how you doing? Yeah, I don't think there's any reason for anybody even knowing one of those guns. But can I just take this a step further? Yeah. Um, we went on the Tom Solano show, and they talked about deadly force. And I said, just because someone has the right to own a gun doesn't mean you can go out and kill people. I agree. And Tom Solano said, well, if they come in your house, you have every right. And I said, so let me get this straight. My 13-year-old playing with your 13-year-old. He goes in your refrigerator and takes a juice box, and you have a right to murder him? And he said, absolutely. I have a right to use deadly force well, that's, on anybody. that's said, not well, right. What that's... neighborhood do you live in? I don't ever want to live Me there. Me too. James, I got to go. I'm running out of time. 631-451-1039. I'll get to your other calls later on. 
Uh, you're listening to Chris Hodge. I got Ellis Hennigan coming up on the other side of the break. Keep it where it's at. I'll be right back. You can't ignore the truth forever, so listen up. The Chris Hahn Show. Hey. Yeah. Voice. Yeah. All right, I'm back. I'm live. I'll take your calls at the bottom of the hour, 631-451-1039. I know we got... uh, Ran out of time in the last segment, which is uh, uh, something I like to happen here. 631-451-1039. But joining me now, a guy who wants to explain it all because he's so good at it. Ellis Hennigan. You could find him at Hennigan on Twitter and Hennigan.com. You see him on CNN. You read him in uh, Metro New York, uh, the paper that uh, you get in the city. And uh, he's used to write for Newsday. He's, he's all over the place. He's great. Ellis, how you doing? No, I'm a little sad tonight, actually, Chris. A little sad. Why is that? Rusty Stahl. Oh, man. Me too. I love Rusty. He, first of all, he's the greatest baseball player that ever come out of my high school, Jesuit High School in New Orleans. No, I didn't know that. Oh, my, we, we bow down to Rusty. He was a wonderful citizen of New Orleans and beloved. Of course, literally everywhere he went, in New York, yeah. Montreal, Detroit, in Houston. I mean, he was just truly in a world of big, obnoxious, rich athletes. He was one of the true class acts of that business. Well, you know, I'm a Yankee fan. I know, I know. And, but I met Rusty when I was, uh, I used to be president of United Way. And uh, Rusty came and did a charity auction for free. He, like, just came out. He gave his time. He, he, uh, he did a charity auction, live auction, out here on Long Island. It was, he was great. He was really great. And I remember, yeah. I remember, my, you know, my, my dad was a Mets fan. And I remember watching... <laughs> <laughs> a Met game with my dad where it, late in Rusty's career when he was just a pinch hitter. And the uh-huh. game went so long. It was like an 18-inning game. They had to put Rusty in the outfield for an inning or two. And they would <laughs> he just, could barely run. Right? Yeah, he, he could, could barely, barely run. So when depending on the batter, he would be either in left field or right field. They'd just switch him up. <laughs> it, was pretty, it was pretty good. It was a pretty, uh, good, uh, pretty good game. But yeah, but rest in well, peace, Rusty. Le Grand Orange. Yeah. Le Grand Orange. That's what they used to call him. It was fan. I didn't know. He, I didn't know he was a New Orleans native. I had no oh, idea. Oh, he was a great, a, a real good guy. They must yeah, have had a big mural it. to him at your high school. Oh, no, let me tell you, they, they were they're just about ready to name the gym after him. I think that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. But so anyway, uh, enough of that. Yeah. That's not why. That's not why I'm here. Right? Hey. You have carte blanche, Mr. Hennigan. You are one of my favorite <laughs> guests, and you're on a lot, and you, you do this for free, and uh, you're, you're definitely a, a guy who I want on. You can talk about whatever you want. You've got carte blanche. So let's talk. What do you want to talk about? You want to talk, You want to start with the march, or do you want to start what, with something else? Whatever you want. I just, you're still, man. I hear you were talking about guns, right? I've been talking about guns and the calls. I mean, they, you know, I, I couldn't get to them all in the last, last half hour. It was, uh, mm-hmm. it was a, uh, it was a nonstop barrage uh, of calls, people on both sides, uh, honestly. So let me, let me say something you're going to be surprised to hear me say. Okay. First of all, I, it needs a little bit of a preamble. I, like all people, hearts go out to the kids at Parkland who have done something amazing, right? Uh, after this mass shooting at their school, they really have managed to create a genuine national debate around the subject that the adults have been unable to, 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 to have happen. All credit to them. 
that rally over the weekend uh, in, in Washington was amazing. I think they really might accomplish something here. They got Governor Scott in, in Florida to come around a little bit. Um, but I, I know your friend Laura Ingram over at Vaughn yeah. is in a little bit of a little bit of a she's in a bit of a right pickle. Now. She's starting to lose some sponsors because of this. Now she made us for folks who haven't followed the intricacies of this. Let's see if we can set it up. She made some comments about one of these kids, David Hall, who has been one of the, uh, I would say, most vocal of these kids. Right. Right. Uh, um, he expressed frustration. I guess he didn't get into some of the colleges that he applied to. Right. And he was complaining that that you know he's out changing the world and why they wouldn't let him into the colleges he applied to. And she kind of made fun of him. Right. Yeah. And now there's an advertiser boycott, and uh, people are saying she was mean to the kid who's lost his friends in, right, in, right. in school. And, I, you know, I get all of that. I mean, I don't want to sound unsympathetic, but there is a point at which these kids become warriors for a political cause. And even if it's a political cause that I may largely agree with, you know, you step into the arena, and I'm sorry, you're going to get some some blowback. You know, some people are going to say some rough stuff about you, and I, you know, I'm not sure this is a thing we need to we need to boycott Laura. I hear you. I mean, but but look at it from his side. So okay. she basically puts out this tweet about the colleges he didn't get into and makes fun of them. So yeah. he says, hey, here are her advertisers. Don't shop there. <laughs> you know. So like, I get it. Like, yeah. I, you know, you're right. Uh, once you, and I take back maybe what I said earlier in the show. I mean, that she, that she should apologize. Maybe she shouldn't. But I, I mean, I hear what you listen. listen but listen. once you, when you, you take a shot at somebody, they're going to punch back. Yeah. You know, it's. That's, yeah, and, and, and I mean, you're right that in terms of, you know, it's all First Amendment. Everybody's got a right to say. I'm not, I'm not saying that anybody needs to be arrested here or silenced or anything like that. But, uh, you know, uh, let, let's fight about the gun policy. Yeah. I mean, let's debate whether we should, uh, you know, citizens ought to be walking around with military well, she style should have him on. She should have her, him on and, yeah. and debate him one-on-one because I, I got to tell you something about her. She's not as extreme as people make her out to be. Her most extreme views sometimes get blasted all over the place. But Laura is good for a conversation. I... I have never walked away from a debate with Laura Ingram feeling that I was talking to a, an extremist. I, and I've never been in a position where I felt like she was cutting me off from expressing my views. And I've been debating her for many years, not just on her own show, but when she used to fill in uh-huh. for Bill O'Reilly, I think when she would fill in for Bill O'Reilly, she would request me. So mm-hmm. it was, you know, like Laura has been good to my career. And I, 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 well, I appreciate I you, that. You got, you got good cam, man. What can I tell you? Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, I bring, I bring my A game every time I go on. So it's, or I just, yeah, well, I don't I didn't say that to suck up to someone who books you a lot. Yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, I, I just could handle that. You could handle that part. I doubt she's, I, I doubt she's listening. She's getting ready well, for a show. Oh, okay. Oh, if only she probably listens to the podcast. Um, but don't you think but, these kids though are? I mean, I look. I'm inspired by these kids. Truly oh, inspired. Oh, I'm not. My thing that in no way diminishes. And I love, by the way. Let me let me uh, be a bit of a fan here. Um, what is her name? Emma em- Gonzalez. Emma Gonzalez. Like, the girl with the with the the ability. I have to say, you saw the moment of silence. Uh, it, it, minutes I, of silence. Most, Amazing. It was one Amazing. of the. It was one of the most effective political speeches I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, And you know what? It, she did it in a way that is very difficult. And you know this because you stood in front of big crowds, yep. as, as have I over the years. 
never, she didn't say. The easy way to do it would be to give her a little talk and then say, okay, now for the next four minutes, right. let's all be silent. Let's have a moment of silence. And then people would get it. She did not do yeah. that. She just finished her remarks. And then she stopped. And clearly, you could watch that audience. They didn't know what to, to do. Like, what? Yeah, what's she saying? What are we supposed to do? Right. And the little waves of, of, of like, discomfort going yes. the crowd. Really. It, was, it was unbelievable. Unbelievable what she did. I, You know, it's funny. Here's what I thought of when that speech was over. I used to sell advertising when I first got out of college, and I, I would sell local cable advertising. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, you go into a local car dealership and say, hey, I want to sell you these things. And they're like, how long's the ad? I go, 30 seconds. They think, how am I going to get my message out in 30 seconds? So what I would do is I would get a stopwatch and I would say, okay, let's just sit here quietly for 30 seconds. And I'd hit the stopwatch and only I could see the stopwatch. And after 15 seconds, I would stop the, qu- the clock. And they'd be like, that was 15 seconds? It just feels like a long time when nobody's saying anything, you know? So, that, cl- that clock moves slow in silence. Yes. Right. And it was, it was a, and that moment of silence was like four minutes long. That yeah. was, it was intense. And she, yeah. the tears were coming down her face. The crowd didn't know what was going on. And right. then when the bell rang and she made her point, I thought it was brilliant. I just thought it was brilliant. Yeah, no, I agree. It was, it was an amazing performance that and it had so many chances of just going wrong yeah you know, people could all start talking they could say like you know this woman they could sit someone could come out and try and get her off the stage right if she was uh, but no you're absolutely somebody right. did the come power. out and try to take her off the stage it was it was <laughs> it was very strange i'm telling you there a woman came up to her and almost was like are you okay and then i guess somebody pulled yeah. her back Okay, I didn't. I didn't notice. Oh, that. it was intense, man. I'm telling but you, but it was it was a great. And I, I do have to say, I, I mean, you know, if I'm the the Sandy Hook parents, or I'm the you know other people, the, the Mike Bloomberg uh, gun advocate, every what's that? Every town, what's yep. that called? Um, I mean, I'm I'm bowing down to those kids. I mean, they really. I mean, you can you can argue with the margin. Some of the points maybe are slightly unsophisticated right. or. You know, when they say, we're going to ruin your career. You know, I mean, some of it is, you know, hey, they're 16-year-olds. You know, yeah, they, they think they can take over the world. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. And some of them may not get into the colleges they want. I don't know. I, look, I have a feeling that if David Hogue uh, called UCLA and said, hey, I still want to go there, I think they'd take them. Yeah, they might. <laughs> they, they might. I think fine, that, like, he should be getting calls from lots of colleges right now. And was, Emma. Right. Still, there will be some opportunity for higher education. Yeah. 631-451-1039 is my number. I'll take your calls at the bottom of the hour. I'm talking to Ellis Hennigan. You know Ellis, at Hennigan, at Hennigan on Twitter, Hennigan.com for all of your Ellis information. He is a writer extraordinaire. You read him in Metro. Uh, he's got books out there. He's on CNN all the time. You, you can't miss him. He does this show like once a month because I can't live without Ellis. He's fantastic. He's one of the oh. best there is. All right, so let's talk about the president for a minute because I've spent like an hour and 20 minutes and I haven't mentioned Donald Trump that much. I don't uh, know that. I didn't know you could do that. I, I thought it was against the law. I thought we all had to talk about the guy. Uh, so I, I, I got to talk about... I, I don't know if I want to start with Stormy Daniels or uh, or John Bolton. I don't know if you ever worked with John Bolton. I did. 
um, over at Fox. Um, John Bolton, uh, the, new, the new VA guy who was who was the president's personal physician. I I said this joke before, guys, off the air to Ellis. I think if you see the president's penis, you got to get something. I think that's how he feels about it. Like Stormy 100, Daniels, one hundred and thirty thousand yeah, does not seem unreasonable. One hundred and thirty thousand, a twenty-five million dollar prenup, or maybe you could become secretary of a major department in the uh, federal government. Okay, can, can I tell you my personal Stormy story? Go ahead. I have a personal Stormy story, and it's not what you're thinking. It's not. I don't. I, I've never been a customer or anything like that. Okay, it's not like that. All right. But I have a. I have a. I have a personal Stormy story. I'm going to check your uh, uh, your bookmarks on your uh, on your uh, on your so, browser. <laughs> so, um, Stephanie Clifford, which is her real name, right? right. Uh, com- comes, of course, from my home state, from Baton Rouge, and she normally acts under the name, as everyone knows, the Stormy um, Stormy Daniels. Stormy Daniels. But in some of her movies, she has appeared under the name Stormy Waters. And you can look this up on, on you know, wherever you look these things up. On the Cartoon Network, I have done a voice that ran in a show called Sea Lab 2021 for oh, six yeah. seasons. So a big, big part of the Adult Swim. My character on that show is named Derek Stormy Waters. Oh, wow. So she and I share a fake name. That is amazing. Is that weird? Did you ever get like some of her fan mail? <laughs> no, but if you, but but I'll tell you what someone did point out to me. If you go onto Wikipedia and you put Stormy Waters into the search in Wikipedia, she and I both come up. Wow. Is wow. that weird? Is that creepy? I don't that, know if I should. You know what I else is creepy? I used that. to watch that show, and I, I now I know it's you. <laughs> I had no idea. That's, funny. That's really funny. <laughs> but anyway, no, so it's, listen, I don't. I am past judging our politicians by their sex lives. I mean, I want to just say that, right? I said that with Clinton, and I would say it with Trump. You cannot apply that standard to presidents. And otherwise, you end up thinking that Jimmy Carter was the greatest president that ever lived, right. and Thomas Jefferson should be in jail. Right. So that can't be the standard, right. right? You know, great people have weird sex lives, right? I mean, that's just, that's just, that's what we get used to. I, I have no reality. problem. I don't care who he sleeps with. I really don't. That's not the point right. for me. I'm 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 pretty much with you on that. I, I maybe you could find some. Oh, and especially especially, especially this guy because we all knew this is who he was. Especially if you're from yeah, New yeah, York, yeah, you yeah, spent yeah. any time in New York. So at what's all. the problem here? That's worth thinking. About. Is there is there a problem? Here? Is it the hush money? Is it the the crazy story? The lawyer? What's I the, think why my, is this? Why do we care? Here's my big problem. I don't like having a president of the United States that's got a lot of people out there with uh, silence agreements. You know what I'm saying? Non-disclosure <laughs> agreements out there. I think there's yeah. something off about that. I think you got to know about your politicians. I also don't like the way the evangelical community just gives them a pass when we both know that if this was Barack Obama, it could have been 30 years ago. They'd be calling yeah. for his head. You know, so it's like I don't like the I don't like the double standards in America. I this has nothing to do with Trump. I could care less about I know for a fact that she's probably not the only stripper or porn star or you know or obviously there's the playmate playboy playmate that he has yeah. been with. We all know this about him. This is not uh-huh. news. It is it's the it's the fact that all this other stuff, the 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 hush money two week a week before the election, uh the non-disclosure agreements out mm-hmm. there, the threats you know, that's the kind of thing that's just kind of stupid. I mean, he didn't even need to, honestly, it wouldn't have affected anything if she would have came out and said she had an affair with him. Nobody cares. Yeah, that's, that's probably right. And by the way, let's don't make her out to be a hero. 
right? There's nothing there's nothing in any of this that really makes her look very good. Right. I mean, she sleeps, assuming that her story is, is, is essentially correct, which I do. I think her story is basically Oh, I think right. it's true. So, so she sleeps with the guy once. She engages in a long-running conversation about whether he can put her on his television show. He ultimately tries and fails to do that. Can't do that. NBC won't let him. Uh, I mean, she, he didn't treat her badly. You know, she has no reason for revenge. I mean, essentially, it is a shakedown of someone that he had an affair with, a brief affair. And it's, I mean, I don't, you can't really defend her behavior, I don't think. Yeah, I can't. No, I, I look, she took the money, right? And, and now they're nice trying. It's not a nice thing to do. It's a consensual relationship between right. two adults, right? Both of whom know what they're doing. And then one is one is essentially extorting money at it. Now, yeah. Again, I don't think that support that doesn't make me believe Michael Cohen's story, crazy story that he reached into his his home. Right, right. Of fun. I mean, that's that seems preposterous. It's that ridiculous. I look. I'm an attorney, and I'll tell you what right. I'll never do: spend my <laughs> own money to bail my clients out. That's never going to happen. Right. There are I mean, even ethical rules that, 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 that prohibit that, aren't there? I, I don't. I, I think there are. I mean, uh, there has to be. I mean, it is. It is. Uh, it is. It's preposterous right. that, that anybody would happen. do that. That did not happen. Not, it didn't happen like that. I don't. This, this is the thing about them. If everything's so innocent, yeah. Why are they lying? Like, why yeah. do they lie about every single? The president of the United States is clearly lying about his yeah. encounter with her. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, why are you paying her one hundred and thirty thousand dollars? Michael right. Cohen is clearly lying. It's just a blatant, bold-faced lie. What he's right. saying. There's nothing truthful about that. I mean, it's ridiculous. You're never going to get paid back. Come on. Right. I didn't even. Oh, and you didn't even mention to the guy that. Be honestly, Chris. I like right. you, but if I spent one hundred thirty thousand dollars to bail you out of something, <laughs> I'd want you to know. You'd want me to know. Right. <laughs> Wouldn't you want to get some credit least, for spending that 130? Even yeah. if it was just for credit. <laughs> right. Like like, hey man, in case I ever need anything, you yeah. know, don't forget. Yeah. I mean I mean I I mean I guess in Michael Cohen's world, 130,000 is not a lot of money. It's a lot of money no, in my it world. Was. No, but but hold on a second. He didn't have it sitting around. He right. had to take out a home equity loan. I mean, you wouldn't take out a home equity loan for something unless it was pretty serious. I right? wouldn't take a home equity loan out to build a kitchen in my home. <laughs> <laughs> Let alone give some fool who's a billionaire $130,000. I mean, Donald Trump's a billionaire. You're going to give him money? That makes right. no sense no, at I, all. None. I, I, I agree. I agree. Now, it'll be interesting, and we did learn this from speaking of Clinton and John Edwards' examples. Um, these things are dangerous, though, oh, because yeah. you don't really want to you don't want to be under oath. You don't want to really tell the truth because there are all kind of other implications in your personal life, your marriage, and other other places. Right. Um, and you know, there's civil suits going back and forth, and I think you know, I think it's likely that uh, I, I understand that it may not happen immediately. But eventually, he's going to have to answer questions about it. He will. And by the way, Michael Cohen, the courts did not say Michael Cohen didn't have to answer questions. What's he going to say? The guy's going to lose his law license over this. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's a lot of nonsense. This whole thing is just nonsense. I don't know. I think it's. The, I think for me, I think the, the United States, the people of this country have become numb to this kind of scandal at this point. And I don't know that it's all about Trump either. 
I think we're numb to it in general. I, I just don't think we care anymore. Yeah, I think that's I think that's probably right. I mean, there is, and I do worry about this. I mean, there are so many things swirling around about this guy, and a lot of them are kind of serious. I mean, you know, Russians coming in and yeah. and, and, and trying to tip the balance in our election, and yeah. you know. These are some pretty, you know, stealing the data from the opposing campaign. Well, what about, and, I mean, yeah, I mean, his, his campaign manager's top deputy was in cahoots with a Russian operative who he knew was a Russian operative. Right. I mean, this is, this is like real stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm these sure are, these are bad things. I'm sure if Obama was in bed with a Russian operative, if his campaign, like, let's say, you know, one of his top campaign advisors was working with a Russian GRU agent. I'm sure that mm-hmm. the Republicans in Congress would be real cool with it. No, nothing to see here. All right, I got 30, 10, 15 seconds left with you. It goes too fast, Ellis. Where are you going to be? Where can fun. people find you? You know, just out talking and writing and just, you, you and I have very few acts. We just got to keep doing them over and over again. <laughs> so yeah, just, you know, writing the columns, showing, doing a lot of CNN and uh, other TV and, uh, yeah, go to the website. That's always a good Hannigan, thing. Buy a book or something. Hannigan.com. Which there book do you, you want to plug? Quick. God, I don't know. The Uninvited. That's fun. That's about the con man who ends up singing on stage at the Grammys. Love it. Ellis Hennigan, it's always the best to have you on. I'll be taking your calls on the side of the break. 631-451-1039. This is Chris Honcho. This ain't no ditto head. The Chris Hahn Show. All right, I'm back. I always don't know if this one goes all the way into the kick, you know? <laughs> I never know when this one's gonna kick. I was waiting for it too. I was like, I was like, I don't, I don't play, know. I don't play it that often. So it's like, I don't know how much time I have on this <laughs> intro. I know I don't have the full song. No, but yeah. <laughs> that wouldn't be right. <laughs> I think it went well. You did. You did. It was a good year, though. Yeah, it it's somewhere around there. Six three one four five one one zero three nine is my number. I'm live, and I'm taking your calls. I'm at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. At Christopher Hahn on Twitter, if you want to be part of the national conversation, I know a lot of you called uh, last half hour. I didn't get to all. You. I got a couple. Of you, I got. I got a couple. Of you hanging on right now. But six three one four five one one zero three nine is my number. I'm going to go to Stephen. How you doing, Stephen? Yes. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for calling in. Yes. What's on your mind, sir? Uh, what is on my mind? A lot is on my mind about you. About me. I'm. I'm talking to. I'm talking about Chris Hahn right now. That's me. I'm Chris Hahn. Yeah, the the biggest liberal in the in the country that's trying to ruin this country. Well, no, no, no. I'm not the biggest liberal. I am the most popular liberal. It's very different. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not that big, Steve. I mean, nobody, you know, popular. I'm not big. I'm, you know, you break. I'm a well, radio host, man. Really I go out there and I, I try to make people have fun. I just made you laugh because I'm to... good at it. <laughs> Well, my my thing is, instead of trying to, in the schools, instead of worrying about who's shooting who, because it's always going on all the time. It's been going on I, since the 60s. I, I got to worry about that. I got 80s. kids at school, so I do worry. Well, I'm just saying, it, it's been right through the cities, you know, in Brooklyn, the Bronx, 
everywhere. They've been shooting up kids all the time. Every year, they've been shooting up kids every year. Okay, so should we let that keep happening? Well, I can tell you how we could stop it. How? By telling the white, spoiled brat children that go to school... (laughs) To stop bullying kids who are weaker than they are. Well, I agree we got to stop bullying kids that are weaker than they are, Stephen, but that's not the yes, only problem. You're I right, you're right you in part. Right now, I couldn't, they have a lot of kids I know that went to school that got bullied every single day. Yeah. I, I got and bullied. Did you get bullied, they Mike? Could get a gun? Of course. Or, I, I got bullied when I was a kid. I mean, I can't no, say it was. I mean, I, how would you like it if. I can't say I was. Someone, Horribly. If someone lit your sneakers on fire on a bus, how would you feel about I, that? I would be very upset about that. Oh, that's a little Steven, and what, what happens when you go to the vice principal and they don't listen to you? I Trust me, I, it's happened to me. <laughs> it happened to all of us. All right, Stephen, thank you for your call. You're right. Bullying is bad. 631-451-1039. I was bullied, but I didn't then think, you know what I think I'm going to do? I'm going to go get a gun. Yeah, I thought, you know what I thought I did? You know what I did? I started working out a little bit. I got smart, went to college, made a little money. (laughs) And now it's like, you know, I'm a little bit more famous than them. I'm a little bit more rich than them. I still am friends with them so that they know. Exactly. (laughs) It's just like a little salt in the Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when I was in law school, I was getting, even by then, I was getting better women. You know, I. By the time I was in high school, I was fine. But it was like, you know, everybody everybody gets bullied. I had a bully in fifth grade. I won't say his name, but I it's etched in my mind. <sighs> and it was one. the first time I ever organized <laughs> <laughs> against somebody. It's my early uh, community organizing, if you will. Uh, this bully was uh, was was fond of, of beating me up on the playground at recess every day. And it wasn't just me. It was me and about five or six other kids. And I was young. I was always the youngest kid in my class. And this kid was the oldest kid in the class. And he was bigger than me. You know, when you're in third grade, that's a big deal, being a year older than somebody, mm-hmm. right? It's like 20% of your life. So after like the third week of my butt kicking by this guy uh, and watching some other kids who were getting their butts, I just said to him, guys, there's six of us. There's one of him. Let's get him at recess. Let's just go get him. And at recess, we just went and got him, and I broke his arm. <laughs> okay. I broke his freaking arm. I and I remember getting oh, brought wow. to the principal's office and my parents coming in, and I just started crying and saying, this kid has beaten me up every day for three weeks, yeah. and we got him back. And the principal, like... Kind of, you know, punished us, but not that bad. <laughs> Considering we broke the guy's arm. They probably knew the kid, you know. Yeah, they knew what was going on there. And and it was bad. And he wasn't the only bully, but he was the worst bully. He was like a physically abusive bully. I had bullies. I had a kid in, in junior high. Now, by the time I got to junior high, I was starting to catch up to people. I wasn't this skinny. And there was this one kid who used to bully me in elementary school. But in junior high now, I was bigger than him. And he came up to me in the cafeteria and he said, give me your lunch money. No joke. That's give me thing. your lunch money. I've seen a TV. I don't think I never thought it was like a real thing. He, he was like, give me your lunch money. I have no money for lunch. And I said, first of all, I'm on like assisted lunch. I don't have much money either. I was like on free lunch. And I go, no. And he punched me in the face twice. 
and I picked him up and I threw him over. <laughs> I threw him over a table. It was, there you go. Because he was like a little bit. And elementary school used to beat me up. Anyway, that's a look. Bullying's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. He's right. The guy who called in. No, 100%. You know, that, that does cause a lot of the reasons for the kids to snap, kids to break. You it know? causes a lot of. Th- it also causes people to become comedians like me because you want to make people laugh. Pain is, yeah. Yeah, you want to make people laugh so they don't beat you up. I mean, that's what happens. So. You never met a funny, com- you know, happy comic. To- comic that had a happy child. Right. You know, Chris like Rock has his whole. Uh, I don't know if you've seen. You got you to gotta watch Chris Rock on Netflix, Tambourine. Uh, is the name of his new special. He has to, he does this thing, and it's so politically incorrect. It's about bullies and how we need bullies. And he said the fact that we don't have yeah. bullies anymore, when a real bully comes along, we don't know what to do about it. And Donald Trump <laughs> is a real bully, <laughs> and nobody knows what to do. Now, I know what to do about it. I push back every day, but I'm not running things anymore. You know, it, it's, it's, he's a real bully. And there's a way to deal with a real bully. The way you deal with a real bully is you get a lot of people who have been bullied by him, and then you go get them. I mean, that's what happens. Yeah, everyone's, everyone's who he's fired in the last like week. Yeah, I mean, think about all the people this guy is bullied. Get them all together, united front against him, and it, and you're good to go. Six three one four five one one zero three nine is my number. Six three one four five one one zero three nine. But yeah, do I think that mental illness combined with bullying is part of the reason why you're seeing these shootings? I absolutely do. And that's bad. And I'm not like sticking up for the fact that pe- I'm not saying that that a fact that I was bullied was a good thing. I'm just saying I had a way of dealing with it differently than some people do. But if I had mental illness, maybe I wouldn't have. If I was mentally ill, maybe I would have done something more extreme. And I think that's the problem. That's why we've got to stop people who are mentally ill from getting guns. And it's not look, it, it, it's a big, big issue. So that's my feeling. Let's stop the mentally ill from having the options to do this. And you know what? You're right. The guy's right who called in. You shouldn't be bullying people. And you really shouldn't be bullying people who have mental illnesses. You should be able to... Re- I mean, it's hard for kids to recognize that. And you know, these this day and age, so I'm sorry to interrupt again, but no. you know, you see it, say something, you know, you, the, right. you, you teach, teach your, you know, at least when I have kids or, you know, I'm teaching them to stand up for the, stand up for the little I, guy. I always know? tell my daughter to stand up see, for everybody. I see someone bullying, you know, if you have to take the punch or something like that, right. you take the punch. Or, right. You know, whatever you're gonna do. Right. It's the way it is. It's the way it goes. It's a it's a it's a it's a fact of life now in America that things have gotten a little bit more dangerous and people are going a little bit more extremes. And and by the way, bullying's gotten worse because now you're bullied and you're bullied on this on the web and it lasts forever. And when I would get bullied by my bully back in the day, I went home and I iced my wounds and I forgot about it. Now the kids never go home. You get bullied, and then you're bullied on the web. So, yeah, he's right. It's bad. It's bad, but it's no reason to shoot people. My, I had a physical bully, two of them. Yeah, same. They used to beat me up. You know, it's just it's nonsense. But, you know, they see me now on TV, and they're like, oh, my God, that's the guy I used to beat up. <laughs> I could still take him. I could still take him. <laughs> I could still, how come he looks 25 years younger than me? Right. And, and, what? What? <laughs> it's just it's fun <laughs> it's, that's, the that's, best, the be- that's the best revenge the there is the best you know, revenge really is, is living well America you know, go, go live well go do well go prove them wrong I had a, I had a guidance counselor who bullied me Mr. Singer him I will, I will call out my name <laughs> oh, Mr. Oh, Singer if you're listening you were a bully 
Really? A complete bully, Mr. Singer. You told me. This is what Mr. Singer told me. Since we're talking about bullies, now I'm going to rant about bullies here. Exactly. It brings up all the good feelings. Mr. You know? Singer was the real, like, forget the other guys. Those guys, I got over. I was friends with them by the time I graduated. They were my buddies. They're still my friends. Mr. Singer can rot in hell. Okay. And, and the best revenge is me living well. When I get into my BMW tonight, if I knew where he lived, I go do donuts on his lawn. Wow. Okay. Mr. Singer told me when I was in 11th grade that I would never amount to anything. He literally said to me, you should go get a trade because you wasted your time in high school by being in the performing arts program. Turns out that being in the performing arts program was the best thing I ever did. (laughs) The best thing. It's why I'm on TV. It's why I've got a radio show. It's why I've had such a successful career outside of media because I could communicate in complete sentences and most people can't, Mr. Singer, you bully. I hope to God he's not advising anybody ever about their career. This was my wow. guidance counselor. So, you know, I told him. That's rough. When I told, because, you know, I, look, I went to half-day performing arts high school, half-day regular high school. And in my junior year of high school, I decided I wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to go into politics. I wanted to do what I'm doing now. Mr. Singer said, you wasted your time here. You have no math, no science. You'll never get into college. You should go get, you should go learn a trade. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, not that there's anything wrong with it. No, but it's no. not. Yeah. Go, you're, you're, you know, you're lucky if you get into a, you know, like that kind yeah. of, that kind of, that kind of, go to, go to Suffolk Community College, maybe. Not that there's anything wrong with that at all. In fact, in today's, no. with the price of colleges today. Especially, I, you know, it's really good. You can do two years there. You try right. someone else to build a big move. But there he basically told me I wasted, I would never succeed in college. You, your dreams, I, I know you're only 16 years old, but your dreams are over. Go get a shovel and learn how to dig a ditch. Holy moly. Basically what the guy said. I told him to go F himself. Yeah. He sent me to the principal's office. The principal, I told the principal the story, and the principal said, stay here for a minute. You're not in trouble. He's in trouble. And fortunately for me, I could kick a field goal and do other things like that, and I got into a bunch of colleges. (laughs) There and look go. at here I am. There you I'm go. I'm doing okay, exactly. Mr. Singer. I like a tangent here. 631-451-1039 is my number. It feels I, good to get it off yeah, the chest. Yeah, just got it out good. there. Feels Mr. Good. Singer, wherever you are, rotten hell. Yeah. <laughs> so there it is. All right, let's talk about some other people who should rot in hell. Let's talk about, you know, I'm going to talk about Joe Opio. I've been talking about Alex Jones for All a while. Right. Yeah. Sheriff Joe, who got pardoned by the president. By the way, Sheriff Joe, who was a felon got pardoned by the president, is now running for the United States Senate in Arizona. Okay. Um, Birther number one. So play number two for me. When I introduce the president, I'm not a psychic or anything, I'm just a regular guy, uh, but I remember I said three things. Uh, And I got a standing ovation on one of the things I said, of course they were all standing anyway. <laughs> but I said we were born on the same day. Wow. Flag day. Not the same year. I got to buy a few. Not that many. And um, we talked about illegal immigration. Of course I talked about another uh, thing that made a little news. I don't talk about it anymore. Until I become the U.S. Senator. That's a little key, Barney. Got me really hooked in something. It's following me around for five years. 
Uh, but it has something to do with a document. <laughs> now, if I asked you guys, I'm a nothing now, but if I'm still not sure if I could ask for your version to do. So Joe Arpaio is promising that if he becomes a United States senator from Arizona, that his one of the things he's going to do is try to get Obama, who's, by the way, no longer president, his real birth certificate, even though the world has his real birth certificate. This is his platform. I wish just fell asleep listening to that. <laughs> First of all, let me, let me just, let me go on another rant here. There we go. I've had it with his entire generation, right? I, look, I, I want to make this perfectly clear to everybody who hates me for hating Bernie. I don't hate Bernie for anything Bernie does. I am tired of baby boomers in general running everything. Okay, Joe Arpaio is long past his expiration date. And by the way, so is Bernie Sanders and so is Donald Trump. And by the way, let's throw Hillary in there, too. Okay, I don't want another 70 something person running anything. If you are over, if you have a six as the first thing you're in, it's time for you to start thinking about retiring and not running the country. The baby boomers had lots of presidents. It's time for them to stop having presidents. It's time for us to pass it on to Generation X and then eventually the millennials. Because the baby boomers, let's, let's, let's look at their record, shall we, of governing this great country. They've destroyed our debt, right? They have destroyed our sense of self in leading this country. They were all about themselves, all about materialism, all about themselves. The baby boomers were the generation that gave you bathroom, like eight bathrooms in your house. Who needs eight bathrooms in their house? I mean, it's ridiculous. That's baby boomers that did that. The baby boomers, George W. Bush, Trump, baby boomer. Even though you don't like Clinton, baby boomer. It is time for them to go to get off the stage and pass it on. Obama's a Gen Xer. And usually when you pass the torch to a new generation, you don't pass it back. That's what was one of the most peculiar things about this election. If the Democrats had run somebody in their 50s, they probably would have won. They probably would have won the presidency. Somebody in their late 40s, early 50s, it's time for Gen Xers to take over. It's time to put that generation to bed. And now we got this guy, Joe Arpaio, who's got nothing new to say, right? Joe, what is that guy? First of all, he's a felon. I don't care that the president pardoned him. He's still a felon in my book. He, he defied a court order. He wants to be a U.S. senator? Let me tell you something. The guy's old enough that you shouldn't even let him control your remote control in your house. That's how old he is. He has it taped up so only the channel, right. the volume, we're like, right. or like, logo, like yeah. you see them, you see the other buttons. <laughs> and, and I'm sure the TV's way too loud in his house. All right. It, it, his, his platform is going to be, let me see your birth certificate, Barack Obama. Like it's playing the hits. Barack Obama, he showed the world his birth certificate, even though he didn't have to. Barack Obama... He's not running for president. He might be out there campaigning for people, and he should because he's popular. And he was a great president of these United States. But Barack Obama's birth certificate as a campaign issue, that is about the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Ever. I mean, 
you a private citizen's birth certificate is what you're going to run on white because you want to. What do you want to do? You want to take him off the Hall of Presidents in the National Gallery of Portraits? Is that is that what's his plan here? Like, what do you even get out of this? I have no idea. Are they worried that we're going to put him on money because we are? Look, look, let me be very clear about Barack Obama. In about 20 years, he will be on money. There's no doubt that his face will be on money in this country. No doubt in my mind whatsoever. So what are you worried? That he's going to be on money and then African-Americans might say, look at this, I could be on money too. What is your problem, Joe Arpaio, you racist pig? You picked the right state though. Is he from Arizona? Ari- he's from Arizona. Oh, he's, he was the, the sheriff of, uh, of, of a huge county in Arizona. Mm-hmm. He had those... Um, Prison work camps where he used to make uh, them wear yes, the striped uniforms, yes, and he would, yes. they would swelter in the heat, and I know, I've heard of those. and the courts said, you know, you can't do that. He also had the papers, please thing going on, where he would pull people over and ask them for their papers. So yeah, now he's running for United States Senate from that state. I think. Look, I don't think. By the way, I think Arizona's going blue this year. Uh, it it is was right on the tipping point for Trump and Clinton. I think Arizona might even went for Clinton. Uh, in uh, in 2016. I can't remember. I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on it. But I, I hope he is the nominee. I hope that the Republicans nominate that old windbag and the Democrats nominate somebody who is young and fresh uh, and, and we win that seat. I mean, look what happened with Connor Lamb and that other guy in, uh, in, in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. You know, it's, you know, people don't want to keep having another tired old baby boomer, uh, you know, as their representative. It's time to move on. I don't want to see Bernie. I don't want to see Hillary. I don't want to see Trump. And I sure as hell don't want to see Joe Arpaio. All right. I think we've had enough for one night, Mike, don't you? Good show. Yeah. I got to thank you all for listening and thank all my callers and thank Ellis Hennigan. And I want to remind you all to seek the truth. Question everything. Question everyone, even me. Seek the truth, America. I know it's out there. I know you'll find it. And I will be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening, America. Wish our weekdays away, spend our weekends in bed. We drink ourselves stupid, we work ourselves dead, and all just because that's what mom and dad said we should do. The Chris Hahn Show podcast is recorded live at 103.9 FM in New York at Long Island News Radio. This episode was sent to Face Off Unlimited headquarters in Astoria, Queens, and was edited by Joe Tex. Executive producers are Joe Tex, Jay Painter, and Eric Robinson. FOU Studios is a property of Face Off Unlimited LLC. I'm Brian Walters, the senior producer here, and on behalf of everybody who worked on this show, we'd like to thank you, the listener, for tuning in. Subscribe to catch all of our other podcasts here on the FOU Studios Podcast Network. To learn more about Chris and to find out about his upcoming television appearances, follow him on Twitter at Christopher Hahn and at ChristopherHahn.com. To learn more about FOU, connect with us via social media at FOU Studios and visit us at FOUStudios.com. Boom! Boom!